0: Hello, and welcome to the WiseCast. I'm Max Ruvay, co-founder and CEO of WiseMonkey. In the spirit of sharing wisdom, we interview founders, leaders, and creative thinkers about why they pursued their passion, what challenges they've overcome, and what lies ahead on their path. We hope that you can learn from all these experienced people with their unique stories, and see how you can apply some of these learnings in your own life. Today we're speaking with Pam Runis. Associate Creative Director at Rethink and Creative Director at SAD Magazine. Pam has been working in ad agencies for more than 10 years and has achieved what many artists and young creatives are striving for. Her varied experience from working in an art gallery to now running a creative team has given her a global overview of what it's like to be an artist in an economically driven world. She shares insights on how to manage these aspects and what can truly make the difference in your own career path. So listen in and enjoy.
1: My name is Pamela Rooney, and I am, oh, wh- where do I begin? I am creative director and co-publisher of SadMag and I'm associate creative director at Rethink.
0: Tell us about SadMag. It's been around for a little while, but uh, what's uh, what's the basis of it? What kind of started it?
1: So um, I didn't start it, actually. So it was started by um, Brandon and Deanne and they um, are photographers and... I don't, I'm not sure exactly what was the impetus, which you can read about because we are interviewing them for our 10th anniversary issue, which is coming up. Nice. Weirdly, I've never met them because I kind of came into it later. But uh, what drew me to it is that it's a nonprofit and... It's like sole purpose is to bolster the creative community here in Vancouver and showcase emerging artists and writers, especially, um, you know, ones that might not have a chance to be seen. So it seems like a worthy cause, plus the side benefit of getting to do something fun myself.
0: Fair enough. And I will say... Your design work is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Um, as a designer myself, I really appreciate your stuff and oh, um everyone should check out our Instagram and also definitely check out Sad Magazine. It's uh it's one of the unique gems in Vancouver culture in a city that is transitioning a lot right now and creatives are having a bit of a hard time kind of keeping up with the rat race and and also maintaining the culture and the and the hobbies on the side. So definitely please support uh sad mag and, and other, you know, startups that are Supporting the creative Yeah, we're not um,
1: flush with cash, as some people think. (laughs) They're like, oh, it looks so nice. Like, you guys are doing so well. It's like, we still don't have any money. So please come, subscribe, do all the things, go to the parties. Go to the parties. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Let's jump kind of into your progression from basically being an intern at multiple agencies throughout a couple of years and to now being... Associate Creative Director at Rethink which Rethink I'll like paint a broad stroke it's basically one of the top creative agencies in Canada especially design focused and not just um, like corporate marketing focus
1: yeah we're the largest independent agency there you go
0: yeah and you can tell because the work is super creative and it's like always spot on I, I think the Playland ads are some of my favorite ones because oh, they're pretty priceless. Just
1: you wait for the summer. It's super hilarious. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, Good I didn't smell. work on it, but it's, okay. it's cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's rad. So yeah. So how did you, like, what was the the progression for you in terms of your kind of experience, like trying to hustle through the agency world and, and try to show people that you, you have this talent, you have this kind of raw talent and this design ideas or, or at least a perspective on design what was that like? Trying to break in and and work your way up to a certain level.
1: I mean, it, it's pretty. It's like tough. It was tough, especially at the time because um, we're just kind of coming out of uh, the the economic crash, and i I was interning at Cusset like right after school, right after after and I should say after school a second time so when I went to design school I'd already had a BFA from Emily Carr which like did not really get me on the career path I wanted to but anyway um so after graduating from the idea program at CAP I was interning at Cassette and there were people like packing up their desks so I'm like I'm not gonna get a job after this am I oh, and they're yeah. like mm not really. But I, I did like luckily get like a job offer while I was still in that internship. So I bounced to go to that, which was like whatever, but it was like good cause it was paying. So it was a tough time just cause not a lot of people were hiring, but basically you just have to put your nose down and like do it. And yeah, it took a long time because at first when you're in an agency that maybe like, doesn't have as fun projects, you gotta make your own project. So I think that's one of the things that drew me to Sad Mag was that it was like a creative outlet that wasn't just like bank ads, you know? It was like, oh, I can do something fun and fulfill that like need that I needed to like make something cooler than just that. So um I think I just like to be busy. So I just gave myself all the side projects and I think it was freelance and sad mag that got me my job at rethink interesting i mean not to say that like working at an agency was worthless because obviously if i didn't have that experience i probably wouldn't be considered either but i just think the more impressive and more creative work happened outside of the office
0: that sounds that sounds like it's a a pretty common thread for a lot of creatives mm-hmm. um we have a mentor uh, in our in our kind of community helping helping wise monkey grow and one thing he mentioned to me when we were talking to an agency and we were speaking daily, we were speaking specifically with creatives in terms of like what's our positioning and all these other things. And he's like, don't forget. He's like, creatives don't want to be working with brands. They want to be like having their own blog, their own website, their own creative outlet, and like working on their own freelancing for the rest of their life, basically. <laughs> like, so, you know, so don't forget that like you're not their priority in that sense. So like, make sure that you kind of work with that and try to like, you know, massage it and and keep them interested because, as soon as they're going to have an opportunity to just like bounce onto something else, they're going to do it. (laughs) I mean,
1: (laughs) it's like, ideally you can create um, those great opportunities with like brands you're working on. Like I try to look at any project as a creative opportunity and they especially want you to look at it that way at Rethink. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely like you can't sit around and wait for that perfect project to come your way. You really have to always be looking for it and looking for those opportunities or things that can you can make into that opportunity because no one's really going to tell you this is the thing you should really push at the same time you need to know which things you just have to get out the door but like there are certain times where you're like no I'm going to spend some time on this I'm going to polish this up this is going to be a really fulfilling project and it could be for a big brand or whatever it depends
0: what's been your like most favorite project that you've released Oh, published.
1: I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> like choosing a child, or like
0: your yeah. Like, what was your funnest one in your in your career on the agency side of things?
1: On the agency side of yeah, things? yeah, agency
0: side, where you're like corporate work, but I love it. I don't know.
1: Everything's so different. Like I work on a lot of different projects. Like I uh, a couple years ago, I did a thing for Uniqlo, which was cool, super interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like earth shattering work or anything but it was really my first foray into doing like a commercial sort of so that was really interesting so I I don't know I'm gonna like mark that as like something interesting that happened um I, th- I guess I like the ones where like I learned the most maybe I don't know
0: <laughs> you don't have to know its I have to- like
1: such a like blank spot right now like what project do I really love well like on, on the freelance side, uh, the experimental bottles I've been doing with Dominion Cider. Oh yeah, super, those look so sick. Yeah, I've been like really fortunate to work with those guys. They're the greatest and they really trust me. And that obviously makes me happy. <laughs> and I love packaging. I think it's like my true design love is
0: packaging. Awesome. I yeah. feel you on that one because I do all the packaging yeah. design for us too. So yeah. there's, there's something about creating a physical product that is that's supposed to tell a story whether it's like directly or indirectly mm-hmm. through either like the patterns that it's using or like the colors it's using etc um and we actually have some new tins that we're releasing soon oh, nice. and and like kind of a new packaging format in a sense um i can't wait because we've been waiting so long to do this yeah oh yeah. my god we, and we should have done it years ago but now how we're long have you guys there. been around uh, we started everything six and a half years ago okay and we've been selling for about four years okay a bit more than four
1: okay
0: um but yeah and like you know finally getting a little bit bigger and growing now um, a bit more online as well outside of the grocery realm nice um but yeah so more about you uh- <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry sometimes I can't help myself <laughs> that's all good
0: Um so, so Sad Mag, so when did you jump on board at Sad Mag and what was like that initial feeling like when you're jumping into something that was like, oh my God, this is my creative space? Like- <laughs>
1: um, I mean like, it's not like I, I knew right away that that was going to be that, I guess. Hmm. How did it happen? Well, uh, so Katie Stewart, um, co-pub with me right now, she and I were in a choir together, the Kingsgate Chorus awesome choir check out their shows uh, it's like a rock rock and roll choir sweet <laughs> that's awesome anyway so we're in this choir and she recognized me or i recognize her because we had worked together at this like video editing or this uh, photo editing place a long time ago and she's like oh i just like took over this magazine do you want to come to an editorial meeting because i was designing the posters for the choir so she knew i was a designer and uh that was like mm, 2011, I think, and it was just like so ripe to be like designed because there there was a designer, but like you know, she, I don't know, she wasn't like fully invested in it. And I was like, well, can we like change the format? Can we change the logo? Can we like? And they, no one cared because they were like photographers and writers, like they weren't, really, they didn't really have ownership over the design. So it was, that was exciting. That was like, oh, someone who's going to pay for this, first of all, like it's already a thing that's happening. It's going to happen. I just have to make it look nice. That's great. And again, it kind of goes back to like fetishizing like an object. If someone was like, oh, do you want to make this like a web magazine? I probably wouldn't have been as excited, but because it's a real magazine. I mean, I grew up like having magazine ads and magazine stacks in my bedroom. Like it was, I mean, I've loved magazines forever. Who, what teen girl hasn't, but.
0: I had snowboard magazines. Like my entire bedroom was literally just wallpapered photos cut out of magazines. Right? (laughs) I know mine too. But
1: weirdly they were ads. Isn't that weird?
0: That, I mean, (laughs) I also had some ads. But but the cool
1: ones, like all the airwalk ads. Do you remember those? (laughs) They were so sweet. Anyway, whatever.
0: <laughs> I, I found, I've, I realized that I liked advertising and marketing because actually I, I realized it because my friends would tell me to shut up and stop complaining about every ad on TV because <laughs> I would just like rip these ads apart and be yeah. like, oh my God, another like Dodge Ram yeah. ad or whatever and yeah. being like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so I realized like, you know what, maybe I have a passion for this and maybe I can try and do a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but anyways, um, so yeah, so you, you're just always kind of had an affinity for at least some advertising in some way
1: well well design I think it really comes back to to design and art direction and interesting choices there like and obviously I love art I'm not (laughs) I'm not like some weird corporate person that only likes advertising it's just advertising so interesting because you're you're trying to solve a sales problem creatively so I find the because you already know the purpose of what it's trying to do. It kind of demystifies it like immediately. It's not like art where it's like, you don't know what it's trying to do at first and you really got to decide for yourself. And I don't know, it's a little bit more nebulous. And I love that too, but there's something interesting about advertising in that like, you know what it's supposed to do and then you get to decide whether it it worked or not.
0: Interesting, yeah. I mean, the art thing is like, you're not supposed like it doesn't have to have a purpose. You know that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, Just to kind of jump away from that. Yeah,
1: which is cool. Which is cool too. Like like it's all great. Like all this creativity is great. And I I don't want to. I don't know. I would hate to someone to think that I'm I like sold out. You know because I started as at Emily Carr. <laughs> you know and then to end up in an ad agency, you could be like, well, I'm a sellout. It's but. it's.
0: I mean, we got to eat. Like that's just you the do. straight up end. You of, the, do end of the line, You do have to but eat, but but you
1: know, like it's not as like cut and dry. Is that like I think I didn't feel that just being an artist was the right choice for me at all. Like this feels more right to me. So
0: there you go, right? To each their own. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Mm-hmm. And so you did the a few agencies. You then uh, worked at uh, If Advertising as a senior designer, mm-hmm. and. Then you, now you've been at Rethink for about five years.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is, yeah. that's crazy. Congrats. Thanks. Because like I was trying to apply Rethink. It's hard. I was yeah. trying to apply everywhere when yeah. I was out of university. Yeah. And I took a job uh, at a finance company because they needed like a designer and someone to kind yeah. of rebrand the whole thing. Yeah. And that's after great. working there for a week, I was already looking for another job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I tried so hard to get a job at HGCs for like two years, but everything was always like, uh, you know. 14 hour days and you're getting paid like below average, below like below entry salary in mm-hmm. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's no way I'll ever survive.
1: It's really tough and it's like yeah, it's very privileged to be able to to work in the industry. Because like well, I know I certainly am. Like to be able to go to school twice, number one, and then be able to like live with the help of obviously somebody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not possible for everyone. It's, it's crazy. This city is crazy.
0: This city especially is definitely very challenging in that respect. So, mm-hmm. so for you, Sad Mag, it, from what I'm understanding and, and what I kind of gather is obviously a creative outlet and that kind of side project, like the passion project. And now that it's kind of, it's been growing and, and a lot of people like a lot of creators I know are very familiar with it and they're all about it. You have a killer podcast with about 70 episodes, I think something like that, Yep, um, which you should definitely check out. There's like so many cool creative people, great episodes. Um, What's like the next step for sad mag? Like where do you, and and you don't have to have like a, you know, a master plan or a grand vision, but I'm sure you have some ideas to where you want to take it. So I'm just curious, like what is like the kind of journey for you and your, and your team going forward?
1: Well, I'm um, not sure if you know this, but me and Katie are actually going to be stepping down as co-publishers oh, after wow. this next issue. It seemed like the 10th anniversary issue seemed like the right time. We're going to move to the board of directors, so we'll still be around, but we have appointed um, two new co-publishers to be announced soon. Um, and they're going to take over and one of them will take over my role as creative director. And I think like when I first joined SadMag, they had a mandate that it was like only under th- like people under 30. Oh, really? <laughs> and then we all turned 30 and we're like, wait a second. <laughs> um, so we changed our mind, but like the whole point of it is to like help emerging artists and creatives. Now I think. I do think like the design role and the creative direction needs to come from someone that knows like, isn't just like fresh out of school. Um, but certainly it should come from someone with less than like, I have like 10 years experience. Like, so like let, let someone else take their
0: teeth at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Because it's for the creative community and like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I think it's going to probably evolve with, you know, their vision and i'm fine with that
0: what was it like having to come to that realization um Mm, it's hard (laughs) yeah exactly so you know i don't want to like peel away too many layers here i'm just curious um it it goes back to as a creative most of us have like really low self-esteem in the sense that we're always worried about being judged because our artwork Mm -hmm. is the the judging point and some people don't get it and then they might leave a bad review or whatever Mm -hmm. um a lot of it is driven on in kind of ego and also the kind of fragility of that as an artist. Yeah. So for you, you know, obviously you did great work. You basically rebranded the whole thing. The design is incredible. Um, I'm sure you have confidence in that, but there must've been a point where you're like, Oh man, am I really ready to do this right now? And also am I ready to give this to somebody else that might screw it up?
1: Yeah, no, like you're hundred percent correct. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but also, I, well, except for, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident in, in the design and everything. Like I, I still don't feel like I brought it to the place I wanted to, but like, I can't work on it all the time. I have a real job and I really, I really know that I tried my best. I think, <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. Um, And like, I took it to this level and I think it would just be hard to, I don't know. It'd be too hard to keep going. I'm just, I have too many other like responsibilities, too many other things going. And I don't know. At a certain point, just something had to give for me. Like I'm still doing freelance. I have more and more responsibility at Rethink. Like it's just, I don't know. I will, I will work like insane, like 80 hour weeks. Like it's crazy.
0: That's the ad agency life. And, uh, and you know, I, the- it's
1: not even like that there. I just do it to myself.
0: Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but honestly, like, here's the thing. Like a lot of agencies, especially here, because West Coast is like this, like you could go home at five. It's fine. You're probably not going to like ascend the ranks, though. And that's just the way it is. And it's not that someone's like seeing you stay late it has nothing to do with whether you stay there or not it's just getting to good work like you just need time and you need to like put in the time most yeah. of the, most of the time unless you're like some genius
0: that's what kind of deterred me from the agency world because i had like one of my mentors growing up lance saunders he's the president of ddb canada now at the time he was the the vp for the vancouver office and he was always saying like you know vancouver is like tiny there's not many agencies because there's not many head offices so there's not much work and there's like just an overflow of creative people here that want to work in Vancouver. And so that's why every single job offer is like 35K mm. and you're going to work like an absolute madman to try to mm-hmm. you know, get promoted, et cetera. And so I, the more I kind of did research and the more I kept trying to apply and getting no and all this stuff, I was like, man, I, d- I don't even know if I'm even cut out for this kind of role. And as a person that was kind of intrinsically entrepreneurial, I just didn't know if I want to go through that. You know, That said, if I got an internship at Rethink, I would have dropped everything to do that (laughs) and so i say that now because it didn't happen but if it did happen i might might have a completely different perspective But you don't
1: regret your decision no
0: uh, absolutely not um because that's what led me to to go to school in france and then start wise monkey out of our project and then eventually bring it back to vancouver Mm -hmm. and and kind of grow it here so it it was i was like so scared of like getting into the agency world because i was like well i want to learn like really crazy fast from the pros but i also don't know if i can turn down like I, I was currently making a better salary i was had benefits already yeah and it was pretty chill like it was yeah. pretty cozy yeah i was still working really hard because i had to do a lot of asset yeah. design and like basically like restructure three different brands yeah yeah um you know and i was like fresh out of university so i had yeah. like no real experience yeah yeah, yeah. all my other design it's projects good. It's like, for, like boot camp yeah but it's all my other design projects were like parties you know mm-hmm. and like random posters and like video and like snowboard yeah. videos and yeah, so it was yeah. like very much like hobby style mm-hmm. um but yeah so it's i'm kind of i'm i guess i'm glad i, I didn't jump in that realm but at the same time i thought it would i think i think it would have been really cool to have like the legit you know uh agency side experience um yeah. now i'm dealing with agencies as a client yeah, client um, yeah. i had my own agency with my friends mm-hmm. um i was a freelancer that basically when I came back from school, I just became full time. Yeah. Um, and we were running a bunch of digital stuff and doing some branding and whatnot. And, and that was hectic, um, really complicated, kind of a, a total, uh, hurricane of, <laughs> of bad choices. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> um, like by everyone's part, like yeah. there's no one to blame really, but it was a bit of a, um, this is the only expletive I think I've said in the show so far, but it was a bit of a shit show. Oh geez. Um, but it was a huge learning experience. Yeah. And, to know that we could have done something better by doing it like more professionally is kind of like a regret in a sense. Like I wish we, I wish we actually crushed it and we like grew the agency. But now you learned from that. Exactly. At least I learned like all the things to not do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which I think I've taken away from more jobs than anything else is to learn what not to do. Also like being a boss. Yeah. um, I think what I find so far, and you can probably attest to this or give me your feedback on it, working with creatives I find that as long as like we approach it as like this is like really fun and there's no real pressure other than just like basically a deadline mm-hmm. um, I find that we have a lot more like creative juices and let, a lot like better work comes out of it I don't yeah. know like yeah. how in your so now that you're associate creative director you're obviously working with more creatives and, and kind of having a, maybe a little bit higher perspective on things mm-hmm. how do you find managing creatives like what is like the kind of Secret sauce To it
1: Like I know I don't know Cause like (laughs) I'm a a Control freak So it's really difficult For me To let them do it That is the hardest part Because I just Want To do it Myself Or do it the way I want to do it And that's Actually the That's like The crux of it It's like I don't know How much Cause like There are many ways To solve a creative problem um. obviously there are better ways than others. Sometimes like for design it, it can be a bit like subjective and someone will do something and it's like well I guess you could do it that way. It's like I wouldn't. <laughs> but it's like do I inject my own personal like bias for design on theirs or let it be like I don't know. I mean if it's this is like if it's fine for the client because like obviously right. if it doesn't work with the client oh I will say no yeah but if it's like oh yeah that could work I just like it's not really what I would I don't know I find it difficult to not just do it or tell them exactly what to
0: do <laughs> <laughs> fair enough it's it's hard to see projects go out when you have like a second thought on it or a doubt or whatever mm-hmm. um and like I'm a bit of a control freak myself so I, I can definitely empathize with that I am finding that the more space I give to specific creatives, um, they could just produce awesome work. And 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 I've, you know, there's so many like business talks or sessions, seminars, whatever, books, et cetera, that always say like, um, you know, let people run with it and see what they do. And, you know, sometimes they'll do better work than you would ever produced anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely some times in the creative world where that's not really the case, but also kind of like, Kind of like mm-hmm. what you're doing with SadMag is like you kind of have to let let them kind of take a bit more responsibility yeah. and also get better at that so that later on they're just gonna improve mm-hmm. sooner to produce better work sooner and then just improve their career mm-hmm. and also improve your your yeah. agency delivery. So
1: yeah, for sure. I tried to start there. I try to start just letting whoever run with it, but then you gotta keep your eye on it.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: <laughs> it's like just in case you go off the rails, I'll be here. <laughs> Guide you back on.
0: They got like, it's like the bumpers at the bowling alley. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm trying to be is a bumper and less of a, like, I don't know.
0: Less of a railroad. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but it's close enough. (laughs) So, uh, throughout all of this experience, uh, and, and like also like outside of work life, was there a particular moment in your, in the human experience, let's say that kind of change your worldview or your perspective on things? Or or maybe like, you know, put it more directly if you want to do it this way. Something that like really created like your, or like sparked your passion for design. Was there something growing up or was it like some, an influence in your life?
1: Hmm. Oh boy. Um, I, th- well. Huh. You're
0: not here for easy questions. I know. I'm not sure <laughs> like
1: what exactly drew me to... Design specifically, I mean, I always, like, read a lot as a kid. And I would always, like, you know, like, copy, like, letters and stuff like that. I don't know. I like to, like, draw as a kid. Um, There wasn't, like, some big moment. I think, like, the biggest moment for me, like, to get me into this career was, well, after Emily Carr, I was working in an art gallery. And I was, like, designing all their like in invites for their shows and stuff but I wasn't a designer like I had gone to art school so I like knew how to use photoshop like that's what I was doing everything in but that was like the most fun part of that job and I was like oh maybe I can like get a job at an ad agency just like (laughs) no experience (laughs) so I like tried to apply like literally I can't remember what agency? But I I applied to, like, a big agency with, like, a Word doc resume, not a portfolio. Because, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right, yeah. And uh, obviously, I did not get in, <laughs> and, and then I looked into, like, design school. And honestly, the idea program changed my life. Like, had I not? Like, that's a Kepler
0: University. Yeah. Right?
1: Like, oh, just everything aligned so well. At first, I looked at going to, to the design program at Emily Carr because I lived super close to there and it's my alma mater. So I was like, I'm I'm just going to go back. (laughs) Right. And they were like, registration is closed. And then the idea program, it was still open. And like, literally that's like why that happened. But then when I went to the info session too, it just looked so much better. And then it was, and I was really like there for it. Like, I think when I went to Emily Carr, like I was so young and I just like didn't really, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure I was just like forming my like opinion or whatever right. or like forming my like creative taste. But to me, I didn't feel as like awake as I was at, in the idea program. And like, I really felt interested in everything I was learning and really wanted to do it and spend all day doing it and and perfect it. And, you know,
0: is that just part of like, I don't know, like, general maturity, do you think? Or was it more I think the there's a couple
1: things going on. I think, like, one, like, I was older, so there's that. But then, the two, like, it was, like, real-world pressure. Like, I had lived in the real world, like, not in school, just working at this art gallery for, like, three years, seeing how shit it is to, like, not make enough money, not have a proper career, like just kind of got my ass handed to me, yeah. and I think it was like a—it's
0: like a reality check.
1: Yeah, it was like a reality check, and even like the decision to go back was hard, obviously, because it would cost money. I wouldn't be able to work while I was doing. Like it was like, like, am I willing to do this? And it wasn't that long, I, and I just kept telling myself like two, three years is like a drop in the bucket in your life
0: to change your trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Big I'm time.
1: so glad that that's what I chose but like I could have easily just stayed in that gallery making like fucking $15 an hour I'm sorry I swear all the time <laughs> but you know I have
0: a, I, have a I, have, I played hockey my whole life so I swear a lot too don't worry about it's it it's
1: like I don't even notice I'm doing it um but yeah so easily I could have uh got another way so that was the big turning moment in my life
0: so now you kind of have the rethink going and you're you're growing as a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of ha- you're handing the reins over to somebody else for sad cast.
1: Not sad cast. Sad mag. Oh,
0: sorry. Sorry. Sad mag. I'll keep yes.
1: The podcast going. Oh, rad. It's like okay, yeah. Pretty chill.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it also a podcast need to have like kind of a consistent person to head it up. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, like glad they that. would
1: just let not do it. I think. I don't know.
0: You should definitely keep doing it. Oh, though. I
1: will. But they like if I wasn't going to, they I don't think they'd continue. Okay, okay. It was really my own
0: thing. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I mean, it's a good channel. So um, so after all this now, um, are you picking up? I mean, I know you're doing some freelance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have any of your own artwork other than like what you're showcasing on your Instagram for your freelance gigs and, and some of your rethink gigs? Like, do you have any other kind of irons in the fire or concepts I mean, you want to play with?
1: I'm just like so... F- Freaking busy with like, I've got two big freelance projects now and a big job at my job. But like, I consider like my freelance stuff my stuff because yeah. I only take things that are interesting. Of course. Because I don't need to. So it's obviously, I've got like packaging happening, packaging project, can't talk about it, but like, that's fun for me. That's, you know, my own project. As far as, like, art art, I have started doing this, like, rug hooking, but, like, honestly, it has sat unfinished for, like, months. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> Will I finish it? Dunno.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I think everyone has a little side project that they've half completed. and
1: Yeah. I, oh, I have, like, so many ideas. You have no idea. Like, I want to do my own product, which, like, is always, like, in the back of my mind uh i don't know when i will do it but i it's there
0: what kind of what kind of realm like a like a consumable product or like, like a
1: yeah like a health and wellness product I okay guess, fair enough i would say um <laughs> i don't know why i'm being so coy
0: hit me up i'll be a tester
1: <laughs> okay cool uh yeah i mean like i say a lot of things like i wanted to make a litter box like a nicer looking litter box that's still a problem. Is with a lot of my ideas, I need like an industrial <laughs> designer. Yeah, like I need someone to help me with prototyping because I don't do that. Though I'm sure I know a few of them. Yeah. All right, we're like gonna go, talk. go
0: to Maker Labs. They're two blocks away.
1: I know. Like I literally have a project for Maker Labs in my computer right now. There's just not enough hours in the day. Like that is my biggest problem.
0: So okay. So speaking to that, um, mm-hmm. obviously you're very busy. As you have grown into your career and again, balancing freelance and and also just trying to find some personal time to just like chill, how have you kind of adjusted your time management and also like, what are some of the things that you've done for yourself that has let you kind of recharge in, in, in like a kind of a practical sense, are there certain things that you have adopted or practices that you do, whether it's like, you know, things like meditation, et cetera. Or even, like, certain products that you kind of consume regularly that you find are really kind of helping you keep that balance?
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I think, well, recently, and I have not always done this, recently I started getting up earlier. And I'm, I'm actually a night person. Like, I really like working at night. I usually... Me too. Yeah, like, I just want to work, like... I'd work until two o'clock in the morning, but my husband will not abide this. Like he won't go to bed unless I'm there. Like, it's just like, I can't do that. So, uh, I've decided, Oh, there's the flip side. I could just get up early. I'll just like go to sleep early and get up early. And it's really great. I've got a lot done. And like, you kind of get to work and you're already like, you know what's happening. You're already like on track. You're not like kind of asleep. So that's been useful though. Sometimes I end up burning the candle at both ends and still stay up late and still wake up early. So I'm just a crazy person. Um, This will catch up with me. I need to like go to sleep earlier. (laughs) I'm not condoning this at all. Actually, recently started taking magnesium before going to bed to it relaxes you. Right. Um, So that's been good. CBDT did not work for me.
0: Just oh, FYI,
1: man. I was having mega anxiety, and I thought that that might help. Wow. Did not help. But it went away on its own. I w- Well, I tried meditating for a little bit, but it went away. I don't know.
0: Well, that's good. At (laughs) least
1: I'm not like the picture of health here. I'm not like someone to take
0: advice from. I mean, you don't have to be either. You know, everyone's on their own journey and and, you know, so am I. And so are our listeners too. So there's nothing, you know, we don't have any sort of expectations that you're, you know, going to be some like health guru thing, but uh,
1: I don't know. I just want to figure out how to clone myself. And then that'll be fine.
0: <laughs> Make more copies to work more hours.
1: <laughs> Which sounds so sad, but it's pretty i pretty dystopic. But I like it. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: God. Um so burning the candle at both ends. That's basically me last night. I was up till like one thirty doing mm. some uh, web designs. I know. And and I forgot that I had a physiotherapy session at seven thirty Oh. Um but it is what it is. Um, I've had worse weeks before. I've actually kind of found a way to kind of balance things a little bit better now.
1: What's your secret?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, getting up early is definitely a huge thing because, like, I find that um, I'm definitely way more creative in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like when when we were starting Wise Monkey in the beginning, I would be getting up at noon. I would do all the meetings and all the daytime crap, admin, etc., until about five, mm-hmm. and then uh, have dinner. And then have a rum coke and then start working again at like 10 PM Yeah, um, after just hanging out for a little bit. And it was almost weird because you'd split your day up in like two completely separate halves Mm -hmm. in terms of your work Mm -hmm. sessions. Mm -hmm. But I found it really effective in the sense that I got all the creative work done at night when there's like zero disturbance Mm -hmm. and just like have more kind of going on in your mind about thinking different solutions and trying different alternatives. And I... I don't know what, it, I don't know what the magic is. I know that there's studies out there saying, you know, different brainwaves, et cetera, yeah. that kind of act uh, activate, you know, the more creative side of you. But I don't know. I'm not a, I'm I not a neuroscientist. I think the no, no
1: disturbances. I mean, it's the same reason why it still works early in the morning. It's just like, even, even if it's the middle of the day and I'm in my apartment and no one else is there, I can still feel like the world awake around me. It's like, you need to feel yeah. like the world's being mostly asleep
0: there's the email the email well, responding issue which i can't yeah. ignore it's like so hard to ignore and like even now like i don't know how many freaking emails i haven't read yet because it's just like every single day is just like flooding yeah so hard to keep up with and so i feel the same thing in the daytime it's like oh man i gotta answer these people so like things keep moving forward etc but at night there is no pressure for that
1: and they have that pause email on gmail now Oh right. Have you ever used it? No, I haven't yet. I I know it's like I should, <laughs> but I can't.
0: <laughs> That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had for me in the morning. I if I get up and I try to do creative work, I end up getting stuck answering all my emails first, mm. and then I get in this like really crappy state of mind where it's like I'm already in the like the rat race type mentality, and it's like eight a.m. Yeah, and I don't want to start my day that way. So now I've been just doing like workouts in the morning or like mm. whatever mm-hmm. physio stuff mm-hmm, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I'm kind of already grounded in a sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've really cleared my mind and I can attack the day with a bit more clarity and a little bit less pressure. Yeah. Um, But then at the end, it's like I end up working till like 6.30 or 7 anyways. And I go home at like (laughs) 7.30. So I realize I'm really just working more hours in a sense, um, (sighs) even if I do a workout. So it's like- What are we doing
1: to ourselves? I don't know. I don't know. I mean- I just saw today some poster. It was like, oh, uh, it was like in the 70s, how many hours people worked versus now and how like we're working ourselves to death and we're sitting all the time. And I mean, it was just too real. <laughs> it too like,
0: real.
1: Well, I got a standing desk. So there's that's one thing I can say is a good investment. Go. Standing desk.
0: Good to know. You don't have like those like yellow glasses. And I like do a, not. And like a Bosu ball upside down so you can like balance all day. Catch
1: me next week. You never <laughs> know. You never know.
0: <laughs> it's like something you see on the Jetsons or something. Yeah. Um, okay. So kind of wrapping this all up now. Um, after your, you know, this whole experience of growing into the agency thing, having your own side hustle and also Sad Mag, which is like a passion project. You know, one of the creatives I work with, she was like, she was here today. She's like, I want to wait but I have to go because I want to meet Pam. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, man, see that? Like I'm, I was like, I'm sure she'll be here or hopefully she'll be here for the party. So come down. I'll come back. Um, but I wanted to kind of ask you, you know, basically the kind of cliche thing, what would you tell someone aspiring for the same kind of thing, the same kind of direction Uh, a passionate creative that wants to work in the professional world, but also maintain their creative, uh, their creative spirit. Cause a lot of, a lot of creatives just get absolutely crushed early on in Mm -hmm. in the journey. So -hmm. like, what would you tell people to kind of get there?
1: I think, um, like I was saying before, I think you need to be able to identify an opportunity, a creative opportunity and what isn't. And it's okay to not spend so much time on stuff that really isn't it's not going to go in your book it's not something you're you know i mean don't do a shitty job but just like you know get it out the door it's like a brochure for something like just just do it and get it done so you can focus on the stuff that you really want to work on so that's like number 1 and then like number 2 is you need to have grit you know like you have to stick it out like you have to just do it and all of a sudden one year is two years and then it's five years and then all of a sudden you have all this experience and you work a lot faster and then you can handle a lot more so it's just really like sticking with it I think and um, another thing I would say is like resourcefulness is like the like number one thing you need I think being resourceful and being able to make something out of nothing or find creative solutions I don't know it sounds like really cliche but like you kind of know when someone's resourceful when someone asks you a bunch of questions that you know they could figure the answer out if they just took a second like those people are annoying don't be that person think about things for like five minutes you have the power be resourceful i'm not saying don't ask questions now i sound like an asshole but
0: <laughs> don't ask them questions in an interview well <laughs> a- I'm, I mean- <laughs> I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm <laughs> kidding
1: it's just like <laughs> figure it out on your own. Anyway, ugh, this is the real me, guys.
0: <laughs> Good. I mean, we don't want to have some polished version of of our guests it on the exist show, right? For
1: me, anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> some of the best creatives have no filter, anyways. So yeah, at least at least you have kind of a sense of uh, agency and freedom at Rethink yeah to kind of be that person I mean again I'm kind of making assumptions but this kind of what if I understand
1: oh I mean like I mean the one thing the only negative thing that really comes up for me in a review is that I'm that I need to watch my bedside manner so it's not something I get away with actually
0: okay fair enough
1: and that's like the truth I'm because I think I I don't know I appreciate, like, honesty from other people. Like, just, like, blunt honesty. Because then I, like, know where I stand. And and especially from creative director, then I know what I have to do. But I'm forgetting probably when I was starting out, that I would, like, crush my spirit. So I'm a bit of a spirit crusher sometimes. And I don't mean to be.
0: I'm just trying to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I think my partner would tell me the same thing, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like... I've got to remember we're like talking to the younger us, you know, it's hard to remember.
0: Okay. Just out of curiosity, one last question before I wrap this. Now that, you know, we're, you know, uh, by or in a broad stroke, we're millennials, even mm-hmm. though we don't really like I'm in term. the
1: very edge of that, but yes.
0: So what's it like now dealing with Gen Z or Z, um, and like the the younger folks, because I, I know apparently you know from all the studies et cetera and a lot of generational studies I've looked at um, through another agency locally, they're saying that like they're they're super gritty, they work really really hard, and they party a lot less, and they're they're there to like make things happen because the generations before us kind of haven't. Um, what is your actual take on dealing with them in terms of a management perspective and like keeping people motivated? How has that been?
1: hard to say i feel like they have a more healthy work-life balance but then that annoys me because they don't get back to me like immediately (laughs) so that's like shitty of me because i was like they're trying to like have a life but um yeah yeah everyone seems so much smarter than i was at that age i'll say that much
0: is it just because everything's on youtube and you like don't even need to go to school anymore
1: well okay it's almost it's a bit of a facade like, too, I'm, I'm,
0: being, and, I'm being hyperbolic but it's kind of true
1: yeah well I, yeah I think like everything moves a lot faster so they do know a lot more but then there are things that they don't know and then it's surprising because like, you're how to, like
0: how to send mail
1: just like yeah <laughs> oh that happened to us at our last mail out so we all get together to mail out the sad mags and like people are putting the address in the wrong corner and, the st- and they're like where do I put the stamp I was like wow you've never mailed anything that's crazy (laughs) so i mean learn how to mail a letter (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i think i yeah i think they're smarter in a lot of ways but then maybe they think they know too much but then that's like fuck what every young person's like i don't know
0: fair enough there is a there is like a balance between um uh naivete and and also like gumption to just go do things because you also don't really know the repercussions or you don't really know Mm -hmm, what's in mm -hmm. it for you
1: that's like yeah that's just true of all young people from every era
0: no i would say so i'd say so
1: and every like generation is going to be smarter than the one before by a little bit so i don't think we're experiencing much new like this just
0: good yeah good then i know what to expect yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that way yeah um okay cool um and then one last thing another last one how did you like how did you find the tea
1: oh it was good i really liked it um as an iced tea i've never had it as iced tea i had the others hot
0: oh yeah okay. at home
1: when um nice. i had some but yeah i liked it
0: That's a new mango party. Yeah, the Um, mango
1: is nice. You can taste it.
0: We've upgraded it. Um, Before it was just like a really nice extract that we were using. And now we have that plus like full on dried mango pieces Mm. in there. So it has a bit more like really kind of more like complex mango flavor Mm -hmm. um, versus one that was a bit a bit simpler. um, Also kind of like solid, but a bit simpler. And now it has a lot more complexity. So
1: I could see it being nice in a cocktail.
0: Oh yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, It was a genuine pleasure to pick your brain and uh, I hope I didn't ask any too hard of questions for you.
1: (laughs) We're good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Pam. Thank you. Vancouver is becoming harder and harder to survive in as an artist. And that's the harsh reality that all of us creatives have to face. Pam found that working in the advertising space provided her with an avenue to not only gain a paycheck, but also become a better designer and a professional as well. She's found a nice balance between creativity and career priorities, especially with Sad Magazine and her freelance gigs, but it didn't happen overnight and she put in the time. Sometimes success isn't pending on how great of a designer or writer you are, but rather having the grit to survive and thrive in a challenging environment. As they say, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. We hope you enjoyed this episode with one of Vancouver's leading creatives. So please drop a review and subscribe to hear more unique stories like this one. Finally, we'll leave you with the wise words of today's episode.
1: You need to be able to identify a creative opportunity and what isn't. And it's okay to not spend so much time on stuff that's not going to go in your book. Just do it and get it done so you can focus on the stuff that you really want to work on.